beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Dr. Joshua Black. Another great episode today. We get to, again, we have all these episodes where we get to speak to some uh, pretty interesting people. And today we have on Aditi Loveridge, and she is a certified life coach, mindfulness meditation teacher, and owner of Pregnancy Loss Healing. Aditi supports mothers in their journeys after pregnancy or infant loss. Her work includes supporting mothers who have recently experienced loss, are trying to conceive after loss of any kind, um, like a pregnancy, infant loss, failed IVF, misadoption, pregnancy again after loss, and those still still struggling after the birth of their baby. Adity helps mothers who have experienced loss to reconnect with trust so that they can step beyond anxiety and fear. Um, so her Facebook is at Pregnancy Heal- Loss Healing, and Instagram is at Pregnancy Loss Healing, and her website is www.pregnancylosshealing.com. Aditi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, it's it's great to have you on. It's been a, a while since uh, one of my good friends, uh, Dr. Kareen Seeley, that you know, <laughs> reached out and said, oh, like, this would be a great guest. So I'm so excited to sort of like hear who you are, your journey, and why you do what you do, because, you know, she's had the pleasure to already know that stuff. And so it's still kind of a mystery for me. So I'm excited to learn a little bit about you. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Do you want me to tell you about me or? (laughs) Yeah, I'll follow up with a question. Um, So what came first in your journey? Was it the life coach, the mindful meditation or the pregnancy loss healing? So which one was first in the journey? Actually, none of both. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I, in my previous work, I used to work as a social worker. And that sort of got me started out the journey to lead me here. So I was a social worker, um, working particularly in women's sexual health. And then I decided to try and um, get pregnant for the first time. And then that's when I had my experience with pregnancy loss. And then and then that shifted my career path. Wow. And so what was the pregnancy loss like for you? Um, well, it was my first experience of motherhood. So my husband and I decided to try to get pregnant and we got pregnant and and that first pregnancy uh, ended in loss. So it was my very first experience of motherhood, which really changed the way that I, I think that I've experienced been able to experience motherhood from what I thought that it would be like and from what it actually has been like for me it really increased um, a lot of fear and anxiety in my in my subsequent pregnancies um, even still to this day I tell my clients I I definitely live with anxiety um, it's just that now I have tools that I can I can manage it better but um, it's definitely changed impacted everything about me Wow. Could you go, um, I guess, through sort of the the beginning stages of that in the sense of what it was like for you and your relationship at that time? Uh, Like my relationship with my husband, my partner, my husband. Yeah. I think like, you know, when you're growing, when you're an adolescent and you first start learning about sex and pregnancy and building a family and those kinds of things, you work so hard over those years to, um, not get pregnant (laughs) so it was quite a shock and neither of us when we decided to try to start building a family neither of us even it never even crossed our mind that 
um, pregnancy loss was even a possibility at that time. And so it affected our relationship because we were also fairly newly married. Um, and it just affected everything about us because I'm a quite, I started to get very anxious. I started to have a distrust in my body. My husband, he didn't experience the physical loss. So he didn't quite know how to support me through that. Uh, he was very supportive and he definitely felt grief in his own way. But it was definitely a, a trying time in terms of um, how do we kind of move through, how did we move through that journey together? And there was often times where we definitely felt uh, disconnected from one another. Wow. Yeah, I can only imagine uh, what that would be like. Because you're not, you see, like in school, you're not trained that this stuff really even happens. It's like, and like, it's interesting mm-hmm. once I started figuring out about, like, even people start talking about miscarriage and stuff. Then I finally asked my mom, and my mom has. I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And other people I know have. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, because I just thought, like, you, like, you, once you want to have kids, you just try and it happens. It's like magic. But there's so much this other stuff along the way that a lot of people have to deal with. And yes, absolutely. And so for that, so I'm glad you are you guys still together then? Oh, yeah. Yes, we are. So what was it like for you guys going through that together? Did you build a stronger bond? Like, how did you guys find a way to cope through that? Yeah, so we had, um, so the, my first pregnancy ended in loss, and then my second pregnancy ended in loss as well. And, um, and so I think the first one, we kind of there's a period of um disconnection and then with our second one we really started to communicate more so he allowed himself i think to actually be vocal about how he was feeling which i think for him and i can't fully speak for for him but i think for him it was this it was very difficult uh for even more so for him because he didn't go through the physical loss and so he was expected to be at work and just engage in life in the exact same way and so he actually started opening up to me about that and how there was grief and there was fear like are we ever gonna have children and did he want to see me experience that again because it was very difficult physically and emotionally and he wanted to be the rock and so he started speaking to me about it and I started speaking to him about our fears and so we kind of communicated and let the other person know that hey we're having these fears and and I could hold some of his fears he could hold some of mine and we didn't feel so alone in the process and we actually um after the second loss and then when we became pregnant for the third time with our our child our living child um we just got really close a lot closer just because we allowed ourselves to be real and vulnerable and and talk about it Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, just thinking about what you're talking about, and even my own limited experience in in what you guys are talking about this topic of, um, you know, miscarriages, I just think I feel like uh, it's a bit shocking that, you know, finally, at this age, I'm 34, starting to understand more about it and hear more stories and, and really learn more about it. Whereas when, when I was younger, um, I, there wasn't that much information on it and it it was definitely, it wasn't normalized as other types of losses. Um, so it it's, and again, like Joshua said earlier, growing up as a kid, 
Um, and I don't know, it must, obviously it's different for even, even being a guy, being a man, um, you just assume that, okay, people get pregnant and then they have babies, but <clears throat> excuse me. Now, uh, now I see people around me. I have friends who have had miscarriages. I have family members, loved ones, and you know, it, it's shocking. And I feel a little bit like, um, a little almost a little bit deceived almost that I wasn't given this information mm -hmm. earlier. And, and that just leads me to the question of you guys supporting each other. You know, you must have felt really alone and kind of overwhelmed with all this. And it, it really, it's amazing to see though, that both of you were able to kind of start to heal and, and start to figure things out on your own. That must've been a really scary, lonely time for you guys. Yeah, it, it really, it really was. It was very, very lonely, very isolating. Um, our our friend circle, we were the only married couple in our friend circle. So we were the definitely the only ones who were now experiencing trying to build a family and then experiencing loss. So yeah, it definitely felt very isolating and, and just very difficult. Because when you feel like you're the only ones going through it, 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 it makes it even that much harder and and what what did you find was helpful uh i guess the most um from the experiences that you had as a couple what was where was it where you found comfort during that very like confusing kind of ambiguous time and, and really you know fearful and being alone um, what were some of those things that maybe brought you guys together so I think I think what brought this might sound counterintuitive, but I think what brought us together was that we both understood that we needed different things to move through the journey and to move through the grief. Um, because the way that my husband grieved and the way that I was grieving and and what that looked like was very different. And so I think we respected each other's like own path if that makes sense yeah absolutely for sure it, it's it and it, again because because um as a man he's not going through the the same type of physical uh loss that you're going through it you know there is there are differences and um so it's interesting to see that you know as an outsider who's never gone through any of that um to kind of see and and again i've had um you know male friends, you know, sibling, brothers, brother who's gone through this type of loss in their life. And it, it's always, then it, it falls on another side of it is how do I support that person? How do I support a man moving forward who's had loss like that? How do I support a friend who's female? Um, so I think we'll obviously get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just, it, it, it just looked different. So I, I find that in the beginning when we were going through it and my husband, you know, went, you know, was going to work and wanting to socialize and things like that, where I was off of, I wanted to be, I needed to be off of work and socializing for me was a, a big struggle. In the beginning, I found myself being upset with him and like it, like he didn't care about what we had experienced. That's the kind of the message I was receiving. But then after communicating and talking it through with him, I realized that those that was his way of coping 
And so that's what I mean by like the way that he moved through the, the grief was to keep himself busy. And for me, I needed to sit with it differently. Did you ever see someone or go to a coach or someone to help you work through this stuff um, or meditate during this time to help you personally? So I, um, I had accessed in here in Calgary, they have a program. I had accessed them one time and it, 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 it was helpful for, for what it was. It was just a different type of healing. It was a, it was a social worker. So it was just, it was a different than what I was seeking. I think at that time, what really, um, helped me, it was, yeah, meditation. So I, I've grown up with a father who has, he's meditated for years. Um, he's kind of always brought it up throughout my life and I've dabbled in meditation over the over the years but through the my loss journey is where I actually really build built a very very strong meditation practice and I I personally believe that that is what saved me and continues to save me in this life meditation is a very pivotal tool that I use wow that's great and it's great that you know you've you picked up some tools along the way didn't really use them until you needed to. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, I guess what the job of a parent eh, is to provide the, some opportunity of tools for you to use. And then hopefully when you need them, they're there for you to try and to, to look back on. So that's great. He, you know, he provided you that and that you've sort of took it on and it's helped you so much. And so you said, actually, you mentioned one thing that I never even thought of, but the distrust you had for your body. Could you just like explore that a little bit more? And maybe what like what you went through, and maybe what you hear other women go through. Yeah, it, it's it's something I hear a lot with my clients and in the community. Um, I felt like again when you when I thought back as being a young a young girl, and you're told about pregnancy, and it's just it's a given. It's like women when you become a woman, and you're gonna you become pregnant, and you give birth to a living child. There was never discussion of anything else outside of that so when I experienced the first loss and then the second loss I really felt a distrust in my body like this is the one thing I was taught and raised as a, as a woman that I should be able to do and I can't do that it's everyone's like oh it's natural it comes naturally and there was not there for me that wasn't the case and so I hear that a lot in the work um, that I do is that there's this distrust, like like you feelings of your body working against you and failing you. Wow, that's got a lot of um, that's got a lot to unwrap to to unravel because again, it, it touches on how I think that we're just not prepared the way we should be prepared. Um, and again, even less, I would I'm going to generalize, but as a man, you're even less prepared. Uh, because you're not even going through it physically, like in the same sense as a woman would, um, and and it just it just shows. I think it lends to our culture and maybe some things we need to fix as well. Whereas I think it, it we, again creating a space where people can talk about it more, can share with other people, can communicate with other people, like other types of losses. Again, you know, people don't want to talk about pregnancy loss like that miscarriages and whatnot because again it's not uh, kind of part of the daily norm like you know if you're talking about even like how we communicate with social media you know not everybody's kind of obviously sharing good things and positive things and 
people maybe don't want to share those things, which we kind of, we should be sharing. We should be communicating, hopefully, if we're comfortable enough with the people around us who will support us as well. So you must have felt even more kind of like taken aback by that. But yeah, the, the, the um, that's pretty, uh, that's, it's shocking, but it's also, uh, it's amazing in, in a crazy way how you said that your body kind of took a different turn and did something that you didn't expect it to. And now moving forward from that and seeing this type of trauma hit you and then kind of have to come to terms with that. Um, that's pretty in incredible. I'm just looking at um, uh, your bio here. What are some issues that people with pregnancy loss have that we might not know about, including the one that you just talked about? Well, I think, I think there, there's probably a lot. I think um, once you experience pregnancy loss, your relationship with yourself really changes. So yeah, there's that distrust of body. You kind of then, you just second guess yourself a lot, um, even as a, as a couple, because uh, there's also male infertility that that can also be a factor sometimes. Um, and it, it changes this, this dream. So then you question, well, how badly do I want this? Do I want this? When you're trying to conceive, every time you're trying to conceive again, and when you're not pregnant, it just, it feels like it is another loss that you have to deal with on top of it because it just feels like it's getting that much further away from you. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is when you're pregnant again after previous loss, what society sees is, oh, you're pregnant. Like, yay, you should be so happy. And what I see, what I've known personally and what I see in my work is that more than often is that pregnancy after loss is a very, very complex time. It increases substantial anxiety, fear, and worry of, of another loss. And it also increases your um, anxiety and fear and worry of, of death in general. So even when you birth a living, healthy child, um, those feelings don't always just go away, especially if you have not uh, given yourself the space and time to, to work through it. That's um that's a great point. Can you actually walk us through that? What was it like sitting in society, having people kind of walk, even as, especially even after the first one, even maybe during the second uh, time that you had the loss, and people are expecting something of you, or it seems like that you know people go into a a certain mode, like a pregnancy mode, a joyous mode. Everybody's kind of happy and, and creating this type of vibe for you again but you've just experienced obviously a loss and you still have that in your mind what's that like watching everybody around you and coming to terms with that like do you do you at moments have some negative feelings attached with that mm -hmm. i remember so i um was pregnant with my now uh five-year-old child and um i remember sitting in at my baby shower and we, I had the room was full of people and you know full of all of these women there to support me and love me and I was a nervous wreck I hadn't felt the baby move as often as I had come to feel comfortable with and and but everybody was so joyous and so I I felt so alone and I was so disconnected 
from the experience. Um, and even when I look back now to the baby shower, I, I, there wasn't a lot of joy in it because I was so anxious. I kept waiting the entire time that you're pregnant um, after previous loss. The world is looking at you so excited and with joy, but you are all constantly uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Because again, like, uh, I don't get to hear that side very often. And I'm sure if I don't hear it, there's a lot of other people who don't hear it, you know, uh, and it's, that's, that's, there really is a different side of that story that I think a lot of women probably have that as well. Those feelings and emotions that come with that, you know, you just see, you just, I just see what, what, what's been shown to me. And that's, you know, step A to step B to step C. Okay. Pregnancy, everybody's happy. Okay. Even if someone's had a, a, a miscarriage or something in the past, okay. You don't dwell on that. You don't talk about it. Okay. Everybody moves forward. And then, you know, keep up that positive, happy kind of vibe going on. Um, but to, to hear it from you, to hear from your words from, from, you know, a mother and, and to, ha to talk about how uncomfortable, anxious, worried you were. That's, cr that's crazy. It's crazy to hear because I, I, again, you don't hear, I don't hear it that often. Yeah. And that's, that's a part of it is that um, I always say to like the community and my clients is that, I fully believe the only way that we can end the stigma and the isolation around pregnancy and infant loss is for us to talk about it. So like you see sometimes, um, and maybe you have, have never come across this, but on the internet, there's a lot of blogs so forth written where it might say like the top five ways to support someone who's gone through a miscarriage. Um, and I always ask the community, have you seen those? And everyone's like, yes. And I said, who do you think are reading those? And it's us. It's the women and families that have experienced pregnancy and infant loss that are reading them. There's a small percentage of people out there who are genuinely looking for better ways to support, support bereaved families. But the majority of people are, are us, the, the ones who have experienced it ourselves. And what those articles do is often it just makes us angry. <laughs> like, oh, we weren't supported that way. And I wish <laughs> I had. So it just <laughs> makes us feel quite angry. So, but I believe the more, the only way we can actually change the dialogue with pregnancy and infant loss is to talk about it and really talk about the impact, the long lasting impact that this type of um, loss and grief has on us so that the world can understand how much of an impact miscarriage infant loss stillbirth actually has on on parents yeah i think that's you know what we're trying to do here too by talking about this topic because at the end of the day i don't like i've never really talked about it with someone who's going mm -hmm. through it and even when you said like during your when you're expecting actually the birth to go through for your third child and even at the you know even before the birth happened you had a lot of anxiety i thought that was interesting because like one would think oh you're going to give birth this time how exciting let's be excited for you and you're because even if you know about your losses but like people aren't instead of like getting the understanding that you don't even think this one is going to go through either. Like, cause you have so much experience with loss. It's just like an, your expectation now is that yeah. something's going to go wrong somewhere soon. And I think that's a great insight for you that for, I think a lot of people would never even put that together. And so 
So for, for us, you know, or for people moving forward, what are some ways that we can help people who experience miscarriage and are, um, are grieving or they're trying to conceive again? Like, what are some tips that you can give people? I think for like being like what you are doing here today is being like starting the dialogue, starting the conversation, asking questions. I think a lot of the times we don't want to upset or offend people. So we tend not to like go there, but um, going there isn't going to make that person upset. They're already experiencing that. What going there is going to do is show them that like, I haven't forgotten that you had lost and it probably is still sitting like heavy on your heart, even though maybe you're pregnant again or any of those things. Um, so just being honest. And then if you say the wrong thing, being honest and be like, okay, hold on. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. Right. Um, let me start over again. I think honesty goes a long, long way. I think just showing up for people is like the biggest thing. And, and just like how, you have said in in this podcast is that wow I didn't know that because I never had the opportunity to talk to somebody about that and I think being honest about that and just being like I never I never saw it that way Mm. I think that that just helps because it makes that person that person in their experience feel seen and feel heard yeah I think that's I think it's great advice because just asking the questions to people and what they need and furthering that that dialogue and they said the also just bringing it up because when a lot of people do forget in the beginning uh, as you move forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. So now that we're talking some more, I just have further questions about your loss. <laughs> and so I think yeah. there's a big difference too, in the sense of, cause I, I lost, you know, my, my father and the one thing that people always, you know, or I get the post on or I get the comment on, or people will, will say something about is the day he died. And so do you have like a death anniversary? Like, is that something that you have in your mind or, um, like, how does that work now with mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I have um, December 26th was my, was my first and October 3rd was my second. They're the days that uh, I gave birth, just unfortunately not to a live, a live baby. Um, so people who are, who are supporting family members or friends that have had loss, I think those kind of anniversary dates are really important. Um, sending a card or just checking in when you know it was around that time, maybe even. And and, and a lot of people, if it's a later loss, so if it's a like um, a later loss, a lot of people name the babies because mm. um, it is a baby. Like if it was like a 38-week stillbirth, um, that baby has a name. That baby probably had a funeral. So for families supporting or friends supporting, it, it, saying that baby's name, acknowledging that that was the date that that they gave birth and entered entered the world unfortunately not breathing um those are really significant for pregnancy and infant loss parents did you say december 26 was your memorial day wow so right at the holidays (laughs) yeah 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 it's always always bitter Wow. So you talk about that a bit. Like, so do you still find those like feelings come up around the holidays? Yes. Every, every year for sure. Especially on the 26th when, you know, the, the house is more quiet and the hustle and bustle of Christmas is, is gone on the 26th morning. I always, I always wake up and, um, 
I remember and I always let my husband know and we kind of we just have a little acknowledgement and um, I, I usually post about it on my social media that's my kind of way of my work is sort of my way of parenting these babies that I didn't get to uh, parent if that makes sense wow yeah, yeah that's 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 a very emotional sentiment and a very beautiful one as well. And so I'm curious you. on on your on your journey, have you ever had a dream of any of the children that you lost? Yes, so um I had a dream um after I lost the second uh pregnancy. I had a dream of my grandfather um who was who was passed and I had a dream and he was holding this baby boy and and he was saying like i like we're together and i have i have your child and i'm i'm looking out oh wow yeah so and and after and after that dream and my experience with the second pregnancy loss um it it kind of gave me the courage to kind of to be able to then go forward and try again. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's wild. That is absolutely wild. And you had this, did you have this before you knew about the miscarriage or is it after? It was after, it was after. like a couple of days after I had uh, had that loss, yeah. Wow, and so like what is, so you said it gave you the courage to pursue the next one? Could you like talk about mm -hmm, it a little bit further? Yeah. I think that is really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, because, well, my second loss to, um, I had miscarried naturally at home with that one. And that whole experience, I've written it, uh, written about it a few times and spoken about it. It was quite an empowering experience, and that might sound strange, but it gave me the trust that I had lost in my body. It gave that somewhat back to me because I was able, even though it wasn't a living baby, my body still very much knew how to let go and so it was very it was an interesting experience very um a very uh spiritual kind of experience for me and so that experience and then i had that dream a couple of days later where my grandfather was saying i have this baby and i'm looking out for you and and i'm taking care of this baby it both like, the whole thing all around just gave me the courage and made me feel like i was supported by something greater than what i could see oh wow that's actually actually amazing it's so wow you feel you felt supported in your loss mm -hmm. yeah um, and 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 it was a very very um complex but very very deep it was a, a very deep emotional experience for me because i i did i felt supported yeah in loss and empowered in this crazy way i felt very empowered even though i had just given birth to a baby that was not living and all of that but i felt very empowered and that is what gave me the strength to to say okay i, I think i can do this one more time Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's incredible. You just, you know, just to, just to unpack that, you, you look at what, what's going on in your life at the time, you know, the tremendous loss, the, the emotions, the feelings, and, you know, like any other loss, like, you know, especially this one, which is even more unique and, 
probably you feel even more isolated compared to like a, a different type of loss and here comes this you know experience tied with a dream that you've had and that's giving you the strength to kind of push forward and it's that that's that's mind-blowing mm-hmm. so it was did you, surreal for sure did you know it was a boy or was that just something new that you found to the dream yeah no no i um i never knew um for sure the sex of either of the babies that i lost but i had a strong feeling that that it was a boy wow that's why i think it's it's fascinating because like i've done research with people who have lost through miscarriage both partner and uh, birth mother and they have these dreams of the gender how it looks like it's it's very fascinating to me because it's saying everything of what it would have looked like, you know, like, you know, like, honestly, you wouldn't know, right? Like, mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. wouldn't know. And so for me, it's like, how amazing that is, because it's facilitating the sort of this image of what it was, what would have been kind of thing. And so it puts almost like, almost puts your loss to like a figure in a way. Um, mm-hmm. that, other losses almost get a chance to do and so i think it's it's quite amazing and um so for that did you ever name that child no we didn't name um either of them we just called both both of our babies like even when um i was pregnant we would just call them baby baby leverage oh okay (laughs) that's cute yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was kind of our nicknames for well for all three even with my my child now when i was pregnant with him, it was always baby leverage. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. And so did you have a, a strong relationship with your grandfather? Did you know him a lot? Um, mm-hmm, I did. And I was actually, um, I was actually in the room in his hospital room when he, when he took his last breath. So. Oh, wow. And so was this like the first dream you had of him or have you had dreams of him prior to this? I have had peri- like some dreams here and there, but I found like, whenever I'd been kind of going through hardships, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have a dream. He wouldn't come to me in a dream, but I, he always wore a very a distinct cologne and I would smell his cologne. And then so when you, when you had those experiences, when you're smelling the cologne, like, does it scare you? Does it make you feel supported? Like the dream? Like, how does that work? Yeah. I, it, it, it initially like when it, because my, my grandfather's been, gone for uh, like I think 15 years a lot quite some time now but um initially it used to kind of scare me but um did you think I, you're going I, crazy now, <laughs> you're like what's going yeah, on yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes yes that's exactly okay. what it was I okay. used to feel like I was going crazy um but now now when it happens it's it's like this deep comfort especially after like that dream mm-hmm. and then and then now because it's like it just again it just makes me feel again more like i'm being supported wow i'm cu- i'm just curious um when you do your meditations do you ever get like any do you ever smell your grandfather or do you see like any you know do you have any continuing bonds while you're meditating that pop up um or is it just you know your mind is blank I um I haven't had anything of my grandfather but when I was pregnant um with my child I meditated day like that I meditated daily that was something I 
uh, didn't sway from at all. And I would get images of what this child would look like and, and when they were born that like around the age of one or two was the image that I would get of what they would look like. And I could see, I couldn't quite see the face, but I could see like the general like curly hair and um, physique of this child and quite clearly. And that's exactly what my child looks like. Oh, wow. That's cool. Just deep in thought, thinking about what you're saying and uh, just thinking about all, you know, just the women around the world who've had these, miscarriages and pregnancy issues and that you know i haven't had a chance to really hear at the same level of other types of loss and it it is true like um until you've kind of had your own loss it's difficult to kind of sit with someone at the same level Uh, i recently lost my grandmother uh, give or take a couple weeks ago and it was the first real loss in a long time as an adult that I've experienced. And it was a different, uh, very rich experience. We sat with her as she passed and it kind of gave me a little more insight into the stories that I hear, the people I talk to. And that's what you've done today as well is given me a little more insight into what it's like for a woman to go through a loss like that. And I really do have a yearning moving forward to uh, learn more about it. Um, I think as as a guy, as a, as a man, and I'd like to maybe obviously just talk to other guys and help them out with that because uh, I'm mean, obviously it's trying for them as well during that time. But also I think getting that, you know, learning more and developing more compassion for women and people in our in our society, our friends, our family around us. Um, I think that's important because you know you don't you you want to be with people during the tough times as well during the suffering, and I think people care. I don't think it's 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 a matter of you know it it was do, it's done on purpose where people kind of um, I guess stigmatize that type of loss, but I think it's time for us to kind of realize that it, it's it's important to sit with people during those times as well as the happy times, you know, and to be more aware. And, and again, you sharing kind of the tips that you, you've given us on, on how to sit, how to maybe talk to people who are dealing with pregnancy loss and miscarriages. That's vital. That's important. And it, it really is, uh, I think, and just me personally, it's an area in my life that I could definitely use more information and knowledge on. So I, I really appreciate this conversation. That, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys um, taking the time and, and having the conversation. It means, uh, it definitely means a lot to to me and I know to the community. I'm curious now. So you had your your the miscarriages you had the the birth of your son when did you start saying you know what i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna start helping uh these people and start your own pregnancy loss healing platform um i kind of well when i was pregnant with my child i knew that i um i knew that i was want i i just was like this is crazy there needs to be more support and i can't i can't imagine i'm the only one having these emotions in pregnancy after loss. So um, I decided to become a doula and I became a doula like four months after I gave birth. And 
I never advertised, you know, loss on my doula website or anything like that. But as the universe has it, every family that I had supported in my doula work had had a history of loss. And what I saw, especially in the postpartum, uh, what I saw was that even after you give birth to a living, healthy baby, there's still all this complex emotions, there's grief, there's there's fear, there's anxiety still that that still presents. And so again, I was like, oh, there just needs to be more. And with my social work background, I definitely wanted to focus on mental health. And then I became, I did a life coach, uh, a life coach certification. Didn't really know what I was going to do with it. But then a uh, very good friend of mine was pregnant and she found out, I think it was around 24 weeks that, um, her daughter Willa um, wasn't wasn't going to live, and so she asked me to attend the birth. And I attended that birth and got to meet her daughter, which was quite an honor. And and I was the only one who got to meet her daughter. And so from there, then I saw her navigate the journey after loss, and I saw again the same things that were coming up for me in mine was that how there was a lot of isolation, a lot of after those like three to six months after the initial loss when everyone else returns back to normal and you're still kind of here trying to figure out what's going on. Do I want to try again or what this road after loss looks like? Um, there wasn't a lot of support. And then it just became very clear. I, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start coaching women through this. So I threw it up um, online and I was like, if I'm the only one who needs the support, maybe that, maybe I'll find out now. And turns out that I am not the only one who needed this type of support a lot of a lot of women um, out there did and so then my business continued to grow and and as of last week I now also am the founder and owner of a nonprofit organization here in Calgary it's for pregnancy and infant loss support center and it's going to be a center where the community can come build their community and have access to holistic healing modalities to support their journey after pregnancy and infant loss. Wow, that's amazing. Look at you go. <laughs> you're, just, <laughs> you're a woman on a mission. I like that. And <laughs> it's good to sort of hear about how sort of that all sort of played out. And it's interesting, right? Like you said, you, you didn't know what it was for, then, you know, doors open and things keep opening and you realize sort of what people are lacking in our society. And you're there to, to really provide them that experience or raise awareness that it exists in their community which i think is the beautiful journey that you're on and and it has so much love and compassion wrapped all into that and you get to honor your own losses so i think that is phenomenal i'm really curious you've seen a lot of women have you ever seen any men like do men ever come to uh to talk to you so i have had one or two male partners come usually when the woman is pregnant again that's usually when i see them um and then just because of the work that i do a lot of men through casual conversation not through like formal coaching work but through casual conversation have come to me and shared a bit about their their experience and their take on um how they moved through the journey and how it impacted them as as a male experiencing it that's good. Yeah, I know just even in like support groups in general from working and volunteering at different hospices, it's usually women that go. And that's why I was really curious to see if mm -hmm. it was it's probably just women that also go for the and seek the help from you. That's interesting. I'm curious. Um, yeah. 
my last question before you know, I think Sean could take over and <laughs> is have you ever had people comment on, on their dreams that they have? Cause I know they can have nightmarish images and also can have these beautiful dreams that you had. Have you ever asked about them or has anyone ever brought them up in their, in your sessions? Yeah. Dreams actually get, um, get brought up a lot, which is why when <laughs> um, you were brought up, I was like, Oh, this is, this is really fascinating. Cause um yeah, in both circumstances. So a lot of times when a woman finds herself pregnant again after loss, she might have a nightmarish dream of, of losing again. Like oftentimes they'll contact me and say I had a dream and like there was all this blood and I woke up and I like I like I was freaked out. And is this a sign that I'm going to lose baby? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes then on the flip side, they have a similar a similar dream to mine, not necessarily with a another person who's passed, but where they get images of of them being very pregnant or image of their baby that they might be carrying or future baby. Um, and the, that feels good. Or they get a sign in their dream, like they were looking at something and then a beautiful rainbow or um, a bird or something to that effect that, that is personal to them that signifies like hope will come into the dream. So uh, dreams actually get brought up quite frequently that's so interesting and i like how you're saying the almost a traumatic reenactments of um losing the, the baby people mm-hmm. have a tendency to kind of think that it's precognitive in a way you know yes that's usually um, when i've done a lot of sessions around that like it, they always are like is this a prediction of of what's coming Wow. And that just goes towards what you're saying about the fear people have when they are currently mm-hmm. carrying, right? Just like, it's just, it's throughout their dreams too. And you can't run away from it. It's just like staring in the face. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if you ever, uh, you know, <laughs> want more information on this, I haven't wrote anything up yet for publication when it comes to the miscarriage losses, but we can talk off air about some of that stuff and hopefully it can help you. Uh, and your clients as you work through some of these maybe negative dreams or even the positive dreams. Yeah, I would love. I would love that. All right, Sean, you want to? Uh, wrap yeah, this yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, just um, listening to this, listening to you speak, you know, just, it just shows the strength. Talking about your journey from having losses like these to overcoming them and dealing with them through different techniques, through your regular meditation practice. It's just amazing, you know, you don't, you know, again, you're you're a tremendously strong person to go through what you've gone through and then to kind of take what you've gone through and want to then share it with other people, impact other people, help them through their loss. I mean, that just, that just ups the ante even more and shows what type of person and character you have. Um, So, which is, which is obviously a tremendous one that it can come help society out and walk people through that journey that you've taken um i wonder actually before we before you wrap up just what what do you what do you think about your life now and think about the journey that you've gone through how do you view that oh that's a a tough question i think i think the journey when i think about my journey i definitely feel like the only thing I can think of is, is that loss changes you. I mean, we all, the three of us and your listeners know that They're, they've come here because they've experienced loss. Um, loss changes you. 
you're different when you've experienced loss. But for me, I think my journey shows me that perhaps I needed to be. Yeah. I needed to be different. Yeah, you look at look at that loss and you see what scar it's left and you know, you just see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's um let's wrap up with the last question, which is if you could have a dream of uh, a loss that you've had tonight, if you could have a grief dream, what would that dream look like? Mm, I think I would like to have a dream where two babies that I don't get to parent here on earth are with all the other all the other little angel babies who I've gotten to meet through my work and they're all just growing and laughing and just being together and looking down on us and being proud of the people that we are now yeah playing baby games mm-hmm. yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing that's a beautiful image I like that I'm curious, would you want them to be the ages that they would be now? Because I know some women have dreams of uh, like the child at their age, would they be now after the miscarriage? Or do you want them to be like real baby babies, like, you know, one year old running around? I think, yeah, I think for me, it would be the, for me, it would be babies. Yeah, (laughs) for for the dream. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. So It'd be interesting, to... though. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see them as um as the yeah, age, because my first one would have been uh, seven. No, sorry, my first one would have been eight. So it would be interesting to see like who they who they became. Yeah, and like the ages will change the games they play. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and what they're what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. Right, like a newborn. What do you got? Hide and seek. That's or uh, peekaboo. Like, <laughs> like, <what are> you, <laughs> like... <laughs> totally. That's cool. That's interesting. Wow. And so, what's the setting? Like, what would that look like? Would it be like a, a park? Would it be like, like, what do you want this sort of billion babies to be playing in? I, when you said that, I just pictured like this white, like just this white backdrop of like. I don't know. Like in the Matrix where they bring out all the guns? <laughs> okay. Yeah, like <laughs> not with, not with the guns, but just like a, a plain white black babies and guns. When I pictured like the, when I pictured it, I pictured just like this white space of like a pureness. Because that to me, like children are so pure, right? Right. So, so I didn't picture them in one particular setting. It was more just like this space of pure love joy that way that's what it was for me so ba- so basically winter in calgary yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah as i'm looking out my window <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> so yeah. there is no cold just just soft fluffy clouds yes <laughs> yes totally <laughs> Well, that that's it's amazing uh, having you on. It's and uh, again, just thinking about all the different women who've gone through the same experiences you've gone through. You know the women you've helped, and I think it's it's important to kind of uh, acknowledge that and, and really um, taste it and and really feel feel that feel the loss and really get an idea of that. Because again, like I I mentioned earlier, it is 
as a male, as a guy, you know, don't normally have those conversations. And also, um, thanks for sharing something that, again, is, is not normally talked about in regular society. Again, we, we'd like to hopefully do that more and more often. And I'm sure hopefully someone listening kind of felt that and got some uh, peace and, and in, enjoyed the episode and, and felt a little better if, if they themselves are going through that. And again, I um, I recommend anybody listening who's going through any of that to reach out to you uh, through your website, www.pregnancylosshealing.com. Um, Aditi, do you want to, can you actually uh, share some of your other handles so uh, listeners can uh, find find yeah. you out? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, which is at Pregnancy Loss Healing, and I'm on Facebook at Pregnancy Loss Healing. And if you wanted to read more about my personal story um i am a co-author in a book that is going to be available on amazon coming out on in may so i will be posting about that on my social handles as well amazing and you do one-on-one work in where do you work in town and then also do you take call-ins or skype phone calls yes so i work i work here in calgary i work i take one-on-one clients at two locations right now it will be going down to one when my uh the nonprofit. i'm going to just be seeing clients there so it's in the northeast uh side of calgary and then i take i've got clients all all across canada i have a couple in the states as well so i do um over the phone like facetime skype or zoom calls uh as well so basically anywhere you are we can connect that's great. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And you have a, such great energy to you. And I, I can see why Kareen likes you so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you, Kareen. Shout out to you. Thank you for uh, setting this all up. I um, really Absolutely. appreciate it. I learned so much. I learned so much from you that, you know, like you just don't think about it until people say certain comments or, you know, like it just put it in a certain way and you hear about the experience. You're like, oh, like, I didn't know. And I love those moments for me where I can learn a little bit more about what people go through in loss and things to be aware of as I move forward, just in this topic in general. Oh, and I I thank you so much for, well, for having, for doing the work that you do and then for bringing loss and death to a a conversation and pregnancy loss um, to the conversation as well. And I just really, really appreciate what you do. Oh, thank you. And actually, I want to also thank you again for acknowledging the dreams people are having uh, during this loss because dreams in general are just ignored. And so I can only imagine after pregnancy loss. So, you know, thank you for also doing that and asking the questions to these people that come in because I know it's probably the first time they ever really get a chance to talk about that. So once again, you know, beautiful. Sean, anything left? No, no. Uh, again, I think I said what I needed to say. Uh, I learned a lot and I'm moving forward. Again, it just makes us more compassionate human beings, uh, compassionate people um, to, again, other people in our in our society. So again, thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Thank you both. All right. To wrap up with our stuff now, uh, if you want to check out griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic on there, we uh, recently put on a donation button. And so there's different perks if you want to donate or you also go to Patreon. It's also on there. Also, we have a Grief Dreams Facebook group. So if you've experienced uh, even any kind of loss, you've had these dreams, that's a group for you to be able to post these dreams and read others. We always love hearing new stories and new dreams 
that have come up. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram at Grief Dreams. And I also did a uh, children's book called Dream of Owl. It's out on Amazon. Man, this list keeps getting longer. <laughs> All right. So I think that's, I think that's everything <laughs> that we have to promote our end. Um, but once again, thank you for listening to the podcast. We always appreciate the listens. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it to someone else. Uh, you never know what people are going through and what they need at their, in their own uh, time. So we like to end with love and gratitude from us to you. Introduce myself. You have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.